Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? All right. Well, hey, if we haven't met, my name is Stephen and I'm part of the community here at New Denver. I've been around for a long time and excited to be here with you guys today. And as we get started, before I jump into the message, I want to show you a picture. So this picture, got it throw up on the screen. So this is uh, me and my first son, Ethan, on the day that he was born. Um, so this was the day that he was born, and I have that very clearly bleary-eyed first, first day as a new father look on my face. Um, and, you know, those of you who are parents, you know, like when you become a parent, everything changes. It is a monumental milestone in your life, and it's true. Nothing since that day has been the same. Now I want to show you another picture. This is from two weeks ago. This is that same baby. Um, moving into his dorm room at college. <clears throat> Ethan was born in September of 2004, which means next month he will be 19 years old. And you guys, I can't even stand that. I can't even think about it. Like, how did that time pass so quickly? I mean, how did, I mean, literally, I think in my mind and in my heart, I feel like there's just moments between those two pictures. Now, if I think back and I remember the moments, I remember the time in between, or when Google pops up a photo collage like this one, I remember the moments in between. And I, it all makes sense. I have lived 19 years since he was born, um, and yet it just feels like a moment. We all have experiences like that, right? Like we have these milestones that we cross, uh, significant days or times or seasons when we suddenly are broken out of the everyday routine and we look back. And it's just hard to imagine that that much time has passed. If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about, whether your kids are six months old or six years old or 26 years old. Those experiences, when you look back, it just feels like the time went overnight. But it's not just for parents. This happens to all of us, doesn't it? happens on significant milestone days, on birthdays, on anniversaries. My wife Kate and I celebrated 21 years last week. That's also hard for me to fathom because that day feels like it was yesterday as well. We all have these days, right? The beginning of school, I think, elicits this for many of us. We think back to, oh, I remember when I, even if you're in high school or middle school, you, you're amazed because you think back and you're like, oh, I remember when I started kindergarten or first grade. And it just feels like the time has flown by. Interesting sort of tidbit about this picture on the right. So Ethan chose to go to the same college that I went to. And so I'm handing him here. We, I went to Mississippi State. We ring cowbells at the games. Yes, we're rednecks. We embrace it. <clears throat> we own that. So that cowbell was given to me 34 years ago when I was a freshman, and I'm giving it to him. 34 years. Now, I know what you're thinking. Stephen, there's no way you're that old. <laughs> it's true, it's true. Under this polished exterior, there's a very, very old man. Um, the point is, we all have these times where we just think back and we can't imagine where the time went. And sometimes those are occasions of great joy and we, we relish those memories and we look back. But often those are difficult times too because we look back and we think the time is gone and I can never get it back. And sometimes we have regret. We think about those moments. We think about all those moments that passed between the moment we're standing in where we're thinking back and remembering and we're, we're realizing there's, there's things we wish we had done differently. 
Today I want to talk a little bit about time. I want to talk about our time, your time, my time, the way we inhabit and we live in time and how we think about that, how we think about the hours and the days and the weeks and the years that we have. Um, I think time is a really fascinating concept that we just take for granted and often when we take for granted things, we miss them. Um, you can learn a lot about people by seeing and understanding how they think about time. You can learn a lot about cultures. Um, I think for us in America, time is a really interesting concept. Like we think we own it. Um, we think we can control it. Uh, a lot of what our culture um, thinks about when you think about time, if you go looking on, online or in the internet or go looking through the bookstore, you see a lot of people trying to squeeze the most out of time. How do we maximize the most that we can possibly do, the most experiences, the most productivity, how do we get the most that we can possibly get out of time? And it's a sense that we sometimes feel like we own it or control it. But there's other ways that people think about time too. I think that's not just our general culture. You know, I've been reading a book recently by a guy named James K.A. Smith. Um, and he wrote a book all about time called How to Inhabit Time. And he's a He's a philosopher and a theologian, and he kind of writes about how we as Christians think about time and what the Bible has to tell us about that. And, you know, he makes the point that he thinks sometimes as Christians that we can tend to be, uh, no, he calls us no-when Christians sometimes. Like instead of nowhere, no-when, we act as if time doesn't really matter. That all times and all places are kind of the same, and we're focused on these timeless truths, and he critiques that because he says our faith always has its reality in time. There's only, uh, the only way we experience anything as people is in time. Listen to what he says from the book. He says, no when Christians imagine themselves wholly governed by timeless principles, unchanging convictions, expressing an idealism that assumes they are wholly governed by eternal ideas, untainted by history. And there's something really important that's missed in, in understanding and knowing we live in a particular time for a reason. We're part of an unfolding story. And the time that we live is important to understand how we live out our faith and how we choose to use the days that we're given. So today I want to talk a little bit about that. And to guide us, I want to look at a very short little verse of scripture that comes out of the Old Testament. It's out of Psalm 90. And if you're new to the Bible or if you're new to church, if you're not familiar with the Psalms, the Psalms are basically a collection of poetry or songs. Sometimes they would be set to music. And a lot of people have called the Psalms the emotional center of the Bible because you can go and read the Psalms and you can experience pretty much every human emotion there. The people are expressing the same kinds of feelings and emotions that we still have today. So in that sense, it's a timeless book people keep coming back to and finding relevance in. And it was written by a collection of different authors and put together by the ancient Hebrews. Uh, and some of the, the Psalms, we know who wrote them because it's in the title. It's been preserved. Um, David wrote a lot of Psalms. And the Psalm we're going to look at today, Psalm 90, was actually written by somebody pretty famous, a guy named Moses. And even if you're not a Bible person, you know who Moses is because you saw the Ten Commandments or you saw Prince of Egypt. And you know that Moses was the prophet, the, the ancient Israelite prophet who led them out of slavery. Um, he was known as one of the greatest prophets in Israel's history. And he was an incredible man of God who experienced an up-close and personal relationship 
with God. And so this psalm has been written and preserved by him. It's been preserved as a, as a record of, of, of a prayer that he, he prayed. And so it's kind of amazing to think about it when we think about time. That the guy who wrote this lived over 3,000 years ago. And it's been preserved through time and read by people. And it's impacted people for generations, for generations. And so we don't have time to go through the whole psalm. I wish we did. Um, but I would encourage you to mark it in your Bible and go read it because there's so much more than just this one little line we're going to look at today. But this line, because I've been experiencing a lot of milestone moments and thinking about this idea of how do we think about time, this one jumped out at me and I want to share it with you and we're going to talk about its implications today. <clears throat> so Psalm 90 verse 12 says this. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So there are two parts to this prayer, and I want to break it down and talk about each of them and then put them together and say, what does this mean for us? The first is the first half. Teach us to number our days. So what is it that Moses is saying here? So throughout Scripture, there is this continuous admonition that comes from different writers and different sections of Scripture over time, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and the Psalms, the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes. There is this admonition, even into the New Testament. Jesus, uh, his half-brother James, Paul, they talk about this idea that as human beings, we need to remember that we are finite, that we are limited, and that we are mortal, that none of us lives forever, that our days are limited on this earth. Now, here's the question. Why is it that scripture reminds us of this so often? Why is it that the biblical writers feel like they need to continuously tell us that we're going to die? Is anybody confused that like at this point, the mortality rate hovers at about 100%? I mean, maybe 99.99999 if we take Jesus out, but you know, like it's basically 100% of people, all of us die at some point. We're not confused about that, right? But it's so easy to forget that in everyday life. It's so difficult to hold that in the frame of view when we're just going through our life. We get up in the morning and do breakfast and go to work or school. We just go through our, the hours and the days and the weeks and the months of our lives and time just passes by. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. In fact, I think that's a little bit of how God wired us to focus on life not on death. And if you read the biblical story, there's a sense that death in some ways is this intruder that doesn't really fully belong in what God's original intent uh, for creation was supposed to be. And so there's this sense that, of course, we focus on life. That's what we were made to do. The challenge is that if we, if we only think about our life and we, we only think about our days without thinking about the reality that they are limited, there is the possibility that we could live as if we are limitless. We could begin to live as if we have an unlimited number of days, that we have unlimited time. And this is why the scriptures continue to come back to this and tell us, remember, your days are numbered. Remember, you're going to die. This is why at Lent every year, on Ash Wednesday, you get ashes on your forehead and we say to you, remember, you are dust and to dust you shall return. It's a reminder. We need to be reminded. We need to be conscious of our mortality, but not consumed by it. Let me say that again. We need to be conscious of our mortality, but not consumed by it. Because we all know people who are fearful of death and obsessed with it, and they're terrified of it. We have nothing to fear about death. Jesus has conquered death once and for all. There's nothing for us to fear. 
But there is an opportunity, and the opportunity is in what Moses invites us to do, to pray, to ask God that he might teach us to number our days, because too often we can take them for granted. So that's the first part. So that's the what. The second part is the why. This is why we need to learn to do this. We need to learn to number our days because in so doing, Moses prays, he says, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Why do we want to learn to number our days? To consider our limited time in life so that we might gain wisdom. So what is wisdom? What do we mean by that? Wisdom is that unique human capacity to be able to look beyond just the circumstances that are right in front of you and understand what's the best choice. What's the choice that's going to lead me in the direction that I want to go? And this is where time is so crucially important and your time is so crucially important because wisdom is not about fully what's right or what's wrong. It's about making a wise choice. And that requires you to be present to God and to the circumstances and to the realities that are around you so that you can make a choice that's full of wisdom. The scripture talks a lot about wisdom as something that emanates from God. It's something that that God's actually woven into creation, that there is a way of living that leads us towards life and to abundant life. But we have to seek it. It doesn't just fall into our laps. Wisdom is not just naturally acquired through old age, although that's sort of the, that's the way we can sometimes think about it. There are really foolish old people and really wise young people. Wisdom is something that we have to seek, and it's something that comes from God. So what Moses is teaching us here in this prayer is that part of the way that we can gain wisdom is when God teaches us to number our days. So he prays, teach us to number our days so that we can consider our limited time and understand that we need to make decisions differently in light of that. We need to recalibrate our choices and our decisions in order to pursue wisdom. And so practically, when we think about that, what does that mean? The few minutes we have left, I want to talk about really practically what that could look like for us to begin to take to heart what Moses says in this little verse. And the first thing is, I think we can follow exactly what he models, which is prayer. This is a prayer. We, we, we read it and, it, and it, we can sometimes detach from this as, as like we're reading a poem that's somehow disconnected. But this was, this was a, a, a prayer that Moses prayed and asked God his help for. Why is it that Moses asks God to teach us to number our days? Well, it's because we need help. It's not our natural, natural inclination. Again, we're going to focus more on the everyday. We're going to easily fall into the pattern of just living our life. But by stopping and taking time to consider where we are in life, what's happening, where are we in the, the span of our life, to look back and think about where have I come from? Where is my story brought me from? Where am I today? And where am I headed? What is it that, that I am that's most important to me? And practically, that can take on a lot of different looks in your life, depending on, on what the routine of your life is, what the, the season of life that you're living in right now. Um, I was thinking about this this week. I was out early. I got up early and went for a walk in the park, and I was coming back. <clears throat> and again, I've been thinking about this verse all week because I knew it was going to be with you guys today. And I was walking along the sidewalk, and it just, it just sort of dawned on me as I was saying these words, Lord, teach me to number my days. Teach me to number my days. That there would never be a day like that day. That as I walked along and I looked up at the sky and there was this, there were these beautiful cirrus clouds that sort of painted the whole sky. And I realized 
This day will never happen again. This sky will never happen again. God, this moment right now, there's no one who's seeing this view or feeling the breeze on my skin or seeing the trees rustle. There's nobody who's experiencing this. And you are present with me. And it suddenly became a really holy moment. Just walking in my neighborhood. Learning to know that this day would never come again. This was a unique gift. So maybe it's just learning to embrace that uniqueness in every day for you. Maybe it's taking a few moments to sit in the morning or in the evening and just catching up with yourself. Sometimes you ever feel like you just go through days and then you get a quiet moment and it's like your heart and your mind have to catch up with what's been happening. You've sort of been acting on autopilot. Sometimes we just need time to sit and catch up with ourselves and think, where am I? What's going on in my life? And what's most important? And are the decisions and the choices that I'm making aligned with what's most important to me? Or have I deviated off course? Lord, teach me to number my days. and Give me a heart of wisdom that I would know in this moment, this time, how to make the right choices. Maybe it's thinking about your relationship circumstances, people in your life. Thinking about your kids or your parents or your other loved ones. You know, we have this idea that somehow we have um, an equal amount of opportunity, unlimited time to spend with the people that we care about. So a few weeks before I took Ethan to school, a friend of mine sent me a newsletter uh, that he gets that's, that goes out from a pastor that's all talking about things to do as dads and way to be, ways to be a better dad. And he sent, it was this study in the, in the newsletter that, that, that quoted this stat that we feel like we have equal amount of time with our kids or with our parents over our lifetime. But statistically, the amount of time, like the hours, minutes, seconds, whatever that you have with your parents You've used 95% of it by the time you reach 18 years old. Now, that was an encouraging thought as I was about to take my kid to college. <laughs> wow, okay, not only is he leaving, and I'm sad about that, but now I know that I've spent 95% of the time that I'm going to have with him his whole life, my whole life. Because we know this, right? We know this from thinking about our own parents. When we leave home, the time we spend with our parents is just different. It's just different. And so as parents, we want to live in each day knowing that these opportunities sometimes don't, don't feel like opportunities with our kids. You know, when you have a sports practice to go to or a game or a recital or a parent-teacher conference, you feel like these will never end and they're just an interruption to your day. But I'll tell you now, they are limited. There will be a day where you won't get to go to soccer practice anymore. You won't get to go to that school recital. You have a limited number. And the choice that you make each day to either continue working and keep plugging away at your to-do list or go and do those things, that's going to make the difference in whether you look back on that day in the future when your kids are going to college with a heart full of memories or a heart full of regrets. Maybe it's, maybe it's for you broken relationships. We all have difficult relationships in our lives, and we kind of feel like, at some point, I need, to, I need to close the gap there. I need to reconcile that relationship. I need to have an honest conversation with my mom or my dad or my brother. And we just put it off and we put it off because we feel like we have forever and we don't. And the worst regrets, that some of the worst regrets that, that I got to see during my time working as a pastor would be to be at funerals when people were just broken because the time was gone. 
they didn't have an opportunity to, to have those conversations anymore because that person was gone. They were no longer there. Lord, teach us to number our days that we might have a heart of wisdom. There's so many things, professional opportunities. What are you doing? Are you taking some time in your life to reflect and ask, Lord, with the days that I've been given, do my activities, the things that I do, do they line up with things that are most important to you? And when God reveals something to you that's out of alignment, and he will, if you take the time and you sit with the Lord and you say, teach me to number my days, give me wisdom, Lord, I believe that this is a prayer God wants to answer for us. He wants us to experience more of him, more of life. And when we ask him, Lord, what do I do with this limited time that I have been given? Then I believe he gives us help. And we need help because here's the reality for all of us. It's not like there's important things and unimportant things and we're just doing the unimportant things because, I don't know, because we're not that smart. It's not like we're all just sitting watching Netflix. The challenge of life is that there's lots of really important things to do, aren't there? And there's never enough time to do them all, which is why we need wisdom. We need wisdom to be able to discern what are the most important things now, today. It doesn't mean the things that we're doing are bad or wrong. It doesn't mean that, that work or our to-do list is bad or wrong. But in light of limited opportunities relationally or with our kids or with our family or with our friends, we need to make different choices. And I believe that God brings those to our hearts and to our minds as we make time to sit with him. And I think there's a lot of practices. There's some different ways that we can put physical reminders around to remind us of this. I remember one of the first times I heard this concept um, around the limited time you have with your kids um, was 25 years ago. I didn't have kids at the time. I wasn't married. And I was listening to a sermon um, at my church in Atlanta. And this guy said he realized that he had limited amount of time with his kids. And to remind him, he bought a big jar and he filled it full of marbles. One marble for each day between that day and the day that his kids were going to go to college. And every day, before he, while he was getting ready for work, he would take one of the marbles out of the jar. And so he physically watched the marbles go down. It was a way of reminding himself that each day, another day passes, and I'm running out of time. Now, I'm sort of more of a tech guy, so when I did have kids and I was able to do that, I, I actually just put this little widget on my phone. And I watched the time when I originally put the amount of time, like between when today and when my kids go to college, you know, it started at like 2,500 days. Well, that day has come and gone for Ethan. I've had to change it. I've changed it to now when he graduates from college, hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> <clears throat> but I can tell you it's 718 days until my next son, Andrew, goes to college. So whatever it is, there's, there, there's, there could, be, it could be a marble jar that you sit in your, in your bedroom. It could be an app on your phone. Um, I have a little, um, a little hourglass that somebody gave me. It's like a, you know, like a decorate, decorative kind of thing, and it sits in my office. And it reminds me that time is always running, that time is always moving. And if I think of someone, if I think of a family member or a friend, I try to reach out to them right then in the moment. Or sometimes I can see that sitting there and it's about five o'clock and there's still things on my list to get done. And I think, you know what? They'll still be here tomorrow morning when I get back to work. I don't know what it is for you or how you're going to learn to do this, but I do think it's a practice. It's, it's a rhythm, it's a habit. This is not a one-time prayer because we are forgetful people and we are pulled back into the everyday of just thinking about day-to-day -day life. 
That's, that's our tendency. So I hope that you'll begin to think about some ways that you can structure your life to begin to pray this prayer, to ask that God would teach you to number your days and that he would give you wisdom about how to live. Because the reality is we're all one day at a time moving towards a day when we will look back on our life and we will remember, knowing that our time is coming to an end and nobody, none of us really knows when this is, and we'll look back. And if I think about that day, I want that to be a day where my life and my memories are full of joy and gratitude and I'm not thinking about the things I wish I'd done or the things that I didn't do. Because that is where life is found, is in choosing the best over the everyday. And we all, here's the thing, there's not perfection in this. We all look back and we have things we wish we had done differently. But guess what? The nature of time is that it only moves forward. All you have is the choices that you can make today and the choices that you'll make tomorrow and the next choice and the next choice. So wherever you are in this process, if you're looking back and you have regrets or things that you wish you had done differently, today is an opportunity to start over and to say, God, teach me to number my days from this day forward that I might gain a heart of wisdom. And wouldn't it be great if each one of us, as we move further down this line in life, that we begin to experience more of the joy and the abundance in life that God wants us to experience each day that passes. As we close, let's pray that God would help us and meet us in this process as we begin to try to make this a reality. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. Thank you for this day. This day will never come again. It has never been, and it will never be again. This moment, us sitting in this room, in your presence, will never happen again. It's unique, and it's a gift. We didn't do anything to make it happen. We don't do anything to make our lungs fill with air or make our heart beat. Every day is a gift from you. May we live as if that were true. May we live with a sense of gratitude, and excitement and anticipation for the life that you've given us. Teach us to number our days, whatever that looks like for each of us. We're all in different seasons of life. We all have different experiences. We all have different things that are going on, but we're all seeking after you and trying to learn how to make better choices with this one precious life that we have been given. And one day, Lord, we will stand in your presence and we wanna hear those words, well done. Well done. You lived your life so well, so well. That was fun to watch. I want to hear that from you, God. May it be so for each one of us, and we, may we make that choice one day at a time. And pray these things through the Son and by the Spirit. Amen.